booster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News Show. It's New Year's Eve. I'm Bob Brown. Here's your top five at five. This this is the top five at five. Omicron continues to sweep through New York City, which chalked up its second day of record infections on Thursday with 44,000 residents testing positive. Social media buzzing after a Twitter user discovered a bizarre way to lower your U.S. tax bill with an area on forums that tells you to indicate any stolen goods. China's foreign minister says that the U.S. will pay an unbearable price for its support of Taiwan. Just as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi pushed back, uh, pushed back on the idea that lawmakers should not be able to trade stocks while in office, her husband, Paul, buying shares in big companies worth millions. One of AOC's staffers has taken to social media to refer to Israel as a racist European ethnostate. Omicron continues to sweep through the city, which chalked up its second day of record infections Thursday with 44,000 residents testing positive. The statewide infection numbers also hitting new highs with 74,000 confirmed cases on a single day. The U.S. is outpacing the rest of the world with a single day record of just over 489 cases on Thursday, with officials saying a viral blizzard could jeopardize the operation of everyday life. Here's New York City Health and Hospital. CEO Dr. Mitch Katz. And that's when I discovered that a large number of the people who we were admitting with COVID, they didn't come because of COVID. They didn't come because they had shortness of breath or cough. Some of them were in traumas. Some of them had exacerbations of diabetes or congestive heart failure. They came for that reason with symptoms consistent with those illnesses. But because we test everybody on the way in in order so that we can make sure that we keep people who are COVID positive separate from people who are COVID negative, we learned that they were positive. Despite the highly contagious but reportedly less lethal strain raging through the city, outgoing Mayor Bill de Blasio still refused to cancel the Times Square New Year's Eve celebration on Friday. Mayor-elect Eric Adams also doubled down on the New Year's celebration, announcing he will hold his swearing-in ceremony during the festivities after canceling his in-person inauguration that was set for Saturday. Social media buzzing after a Twitter user discovered a bizarre way to lower the U.S. tax bill. The account at LaCroix Liquidity posted a screenshot of an actual IRS form that shows you how you can indicate stolen goods on your tax form. The IRS guidelines say if you steal property, you must report its fair market value in your income in the year you steal it, unless you return it to its rightful owner the same year. The rule dates back to a Supreme Court case in 1927 that decided the government is allowed to tax illegal income. If you remember history, uh, history well, mobster Al Capone was convicted for tax evasion under the law. China's foreign minister warning the U.S. will pay an unbearable price for its support of Taiwan. In an interview with state media, Wang Yi accusing Washington of encouraging Taiwan independence forces in a way that not only puts Taiwan into an extremely dangerous situation, but also exposes the United States to an unbearable price. Taiwan has been a self-ruling nation since the 
defeated government of Chiang Kai-shek fled there after mainland China was taken over by Mao Zedong's communists back in 1949. Beijing considers the island part of its territory and has called for reunification. The U.S. does not have formal diplomatic relations with Taiwan and acknowledges but does not recognize the claim that Taiwan is part of China. Just as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi uh, pushed back on the idea that lawmakers should not be able to make individual stock trades while in office, her husband buying shares in Google's parent company Alphabet, Disney, and Salesforce worth millions. Here's Pelosi back on December 15th. This is a free market in people we are a free market economy that should be able to participate in that. Two days later, Paul Pelosi bought back stock in Alphabet, Google's parent company, worth between 500000 and a million bucks. He also bought shares in Disney, worth between 100000 and $250,000. Three days after that, on the 20th, he made two separate purchases in Salesforce, one worth between one hundred and $250,000 and another between a half million and a million dollars. Paul Pelosi has proven himself to be a prolific stock trader so much that... That social investing app, Iris, allows users to track their trades and be notified every time he makes a purchase so they can do the same. There's bipartisan push for a ban on lawmakers holding and trading stocks during their time in office. Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez recently called the notion that lawmakers can trade individual stock ludicrous. And speaking of AOC, one of her staffers referring to Israel as a racist European ethnostate on social media. Hussein Al-Tamami joined Ocasio-Cortez's office in November as a legislative assistant, posting a picture of him and AOC on Instagram with the caption, New Beginnings. Then last week, he allegedly targeted Israel in an Instagram story calling the U.S.'s key Middle Eastern ally a racist European ethnostate. A screenshot obtained by Fox News Digital on Christmas Eve from Altamami reading, Israel is a racist European ethnostate built on stolen land from its indigenous population. Altamimi's comments were in response to a post he shared from an account with the handle Let's Talk Palestine, which claimed there is a racial, a racial, I should say, hierarchy in Israel. Ocasio-Cortez's office has declined to comment. Coming up on WABC Time Check 507, it's our first look at traffic this morning. Here's Brandy Scott. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Bob. The New Year's Eve closures in place for Times Square and the big ball drop. 7th Avenue and Broadway shut down between 42nd and 49th. 43rd to 48th also closed between 6th and 8th Avenues. Belts eastbound just a little bit slow over by Cross Bay Boulevard. Stall out there in the right lane. Westbound, you're looking pretty good heading over to JFK. Nice and quiet on the inbound. Gowanus heading over to the BQE. Foggy conditions at the Tappan Zee Bridge. You're down to 45 miles an hour on the span. Looking good inbound across the Hudson River. It's a great ride at the George Lincoln and Hollands. Mass Transit, New Jersey Transit, Metro North, and LIRR all going to be providing extra service later on this afternoon. Alternate side is suspended for today. I'm Brandy Scott on Sock Radio 77 WABC. The forecast of the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Later today, we're going to have patchy fog before 9 a.m., otherwise mostly cloudy with the high near 53. Tonight, New Year's Eve, cloudy with the low around 49 for the ball drop, then a chance of rain early into New Year's Day. Right now, we have 48 degrees and cloudy with some drizzle outside the Midtown Manhattan Studios. 
As the Omicron variant surges throughout the U.S., health officials are urging Americans to get their COVID booster vaccines when eligible. However, during press briefings last week, Dr. Uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci and the World Health Organization Director General did not appear to see eye to eye when it comes to booster vaccination programs. Dr. Tedros Gabriaris criticizing blanket COVID-19 booster programs that are being rolled out while other countries struggle to get vaccine supplies. He added that only half of WHO's member states have met the target of vaccinating 40% of their populations by the end of the year because of unequal distribution of global supply. Those blanket booster programs are likely to prolong the pandemic rather than ending it by diverting supply to countries that already have high levels of vaccination coverage, giving the virus more opportunity to spread and mutate. It's important to remember that the vast majority of hospitalizations and deaths are in unvaccinated people, not unboosted people. As cases surge in the U.S., CDC officials said last week in a White House briefing that the Omicron variant accounts for 73 percent of the positive cases in the U.S. Dr. Fauci has urged the need for booster vaccinations in the states. The United States has hit a record of nearly half million daily coronavirus cases, the most any country has ever reported and risks grinding to a halt, as experts say. Time the uh, say the time the latest surge of infections will only get worse in the next month. According to data from the CDC, anywhere from 40 to 70 percent of new cases in America are of the Omicron variant, which was first discovered last month by South African health officials. The U.S. is now averaging just over 300,000 new COVID cases per day, a pandemic record, and the first time the 300,000 mark has been reached in America. More than a half million COVID cases were reported Monday. Day, though that was a result of a large backlog of cases from the Christmas holiday, Wednesday's total is the largest increase from only a single day. Dr. Michael Osterholm, a former advisor to President Biden's transition team, telling MSNBC that things are only going to get worse. We are going to see rising hospital uh, hospitalizations occurring. We're going to see more people getting sick. We're going to see challenges to our systems. And what I'm suggesting here is a general blizzard. You know, I live in a place where we're used to blizzards. We know they won't last forever. We know that we will eventually plow out. And this is what we're going to have to do here. And I think the next month is going to be a viral blizzard. Research shows the emerging virus strain has the ability to circumvent protection provided by the existing crop of COVID vaccines. The variant has over 50 mutations, including more than 30 on its spike protein. It is the most mutated virus strain yet, and its many mutations allow it to evade protection provided by the COVID vaccines. The Biden administration is under pressure from Americans as many wait hours to be tested for COVID, while the U.S. hit a new high for new daily average cases, with nearly 301,000 reported on Wednesday. The country smashing its previously daily average record of over 264,000 cases as the highly infectious Omicron variant continues to sweep the nation. Americans are waiting in droves to be tested for COVID in cities across the country, demanding Biden fulfill his promise to have half a million COVID at-home tests available after announcing that the contracts for the order won't be finished until late next 
next week. Jeff Zients, the COVID response coordinator for President Joe Biden, said on Wednesday the contracts to order the kits won't be finished until early January. He did claim the first deliveries will come in January, but didn't have specific details on how that will happen and precisely when. Zients simply said the White House is actively working to finalize the distribution mechanism. Well, maybe a little too late. The Biden administration struck a $137 million deal to build a new factory in the U.S. to ramp up production of COVID-19 testing kits, but the new facility won't be completed until late 2024 at the earliest. The Defense Department announcing that German brand Milpor Sigma will build a new factory in Wisconsin as the U.S. hit record COVID cases this week. While the contract gives the company three years to complete the facility, it is not immediately clear when it will ramp up to full production, which is expected to pump out 83.3 million tests per month. As a spokesperson for the company said the production of lateral flow membrane is, quote, critical for rapid diagnostic tests. That will not only help with COVID detection, but also with any future public health emergencies. Here's President Biden. We went from no over-the-counter tests in January to 46 million in October, 100 million in November, and almost 200 million in December. But it's not enough. It's clearly not enough. If I'd, we'd known, we would have gone harder, quicker if we could have. The deal has fueled speculation that the administration is predicting high rates of testing capabilities for, for coronavirus detection will still need uh, will still be needed several years down the line and millions of rapid at home covid tests are flying off the shelves across the country giving americans an instant if sometimes imperfect read on whether they are infected with the coronavirus however the results are rarely reported to public health departments increasing the challenge of maintaining an accurate count of cases at a time when infections are surging there's no comprehensive data on how many rapid tests are used every day however experts say it is most likely far higher than the number of PCR tests which are completed in a lab and require more time to deliver results which are reported publicly as aggregate totals. WAC time check coming up on 515. That means our first look at sports this morning. This is a first look at sports this morning. Good morning, Mike Garcia. Good morning, Bob. How are you doing today? Doing great. It's New Year's Eve. Yes, it is. Good morning, everyone. It's your friendly neighborhood, Mike Garcia, here with your early news sports update. The time for the new year may have to wait to be celebrated as the Brooklyn Nets lost against the 76ers last night, 110-102. to The Nets clearly had no answer for the 76ers center, Joel Embiid, scoring 34 points. After the game was done, however, there was a bit of a verbal sparring where Embiid was telling Kevin Durant, Go home, go home. Huh, embarrassing. Let's see if they can rebound against the LA Clippers tomorrow night. Maybe the Knicks can have their New Year's moment as they battle against the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. Sad news, however, Knicks power forward Julius Randle tested positive for COVID. Let's see what happens tonight. Over to the NHL, the Islanders dominated the Sabres, beating them 4-1. Let's keep that momentum going when they face the Oilers tomorrow at 2. Speaking of Oilers, they will face the Devils today at 1, while the Rangers battle against Tampa Bay Lightning tonight at 7. And finally on Sunday, two 1 o'clock games are going down. The Giants will take on the Chicago Bears, while the Jets faces the GOAT himself, Tom Brady, and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And as I said yesterday, folks, I'm taking the 13-point spread. That's your early news sports update. Wishing all of you 
a happy new year. And I'm Mike Garcia on 77 WABC. Spectacular! Thanks, Mike. Thank you. WABC time check coming up on 517. Let's check in with traffic and Brandy Scott. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Bob. That stall on the belt eastbound has been cleared out of the way. It's a better ride as you make your way over to Erskine Street. Looking good on the westbound side. No issues heading over to the Verrazano. Verrazano in great shape on both the upper and lower decks. Make your way into Brooklyn. Still nice and quiet on the inbound. Gowanus heading over to the Battery Tunnel. Doing fine on the Cross Bronx if you're heading to the outbound George. Up to speed there from the Sheridan through to underneath the apartments. New Year's Eve closures in place for the big ball drop in Times Square. 7th Avenue and Broadway out between 42nd and 49th. Also 43rd to 48th. That's closed between 6th and 8th Avenues. Mass Transit, we've got some extra trains later on today on Metro North, LIRR, and New Jersey Transit. Alternate side is suspended today. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Your forecast from the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center later today, patchy fog before 9 a.m. Otherwise, mostly cloudy. With a high near 53. Tonight, New Year's Eve, cloudy with a low 49 for the ball drop and a chance of rain early into New Year's Day. Right now, 48 degrees and cloudy outside the Midtown Manhattan studios with some drizzle. Here's your business report. Stocks gave up their morning gains on Thursday, selling off into the close to snap a six-day winning streak for the Dow Industrial Average. The S&P 500 and Dow had earlier set intraday records Thursday, adding to their all-time high closes from Wednesday. The Dow had pulled back from its morning highs by midday Thursday after setting an intraday record high of 36,679.44. The index closing down 91 points, or almost 0.3% after having been up 190 points at its highest. The Dow's record high close on Wednesday was its first since November 8th. The S&P 500 index also setting a record intraday high Thursday morning before slipping to close down 0.3%. The Nasdaq Composite likewise giving up a gain to finish 0.2% lower, less than 2% below an all-time high set last month. Processing unwanted Christmas returns has become so expensive for online retailers, they're increasingly likely to let customers keep the item and offer a refund while they're at it. According to returns, processor Optoro, returning a $50 item costs an average of $33, up from 59% from 2020 when it cost about $13.53 to do so. That has led to an increase in the number of retailers telling shoppers to keep an unwanted gift rather than return it because the processing cost wipes out any profit they'll have made. Uptoro's CEO, Tobin Moore, claims supply chain issues and worker shortages are to blame for the rocketing prices of handling returns. According to the SCBRE supply chain, about 3 in 10 online purchases get returned. Many big retailers already analyze shoppers they suspect of gaming the system by making too many returns or buying goods in the hopes of getting to keep them and receive a refund. Experts warn attempting to exploit the strained system could result in people being banned from shopping with certain retailers. The world's 10 richest people adding $402 billion to their collective net worth in 2021, making it a banner year for the ultra-wealthy. According to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index, as the year came to an end, 
Tesla CEO Elon Musk was the biggest winner, adding $121 billion to his fortune, which is now the largest in the world at $277 billion. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, who started the year in the top spot, sank to number two, adding a mere $4.54 billion to his net worth, which now stands at $195 million. After Musk... French billionaire Bernard Arnault, the founder of luxury goods company LVMH and currently the third richest man in the world, had the largest gains for the year, adding $61.3 billion for his fortune. Mayor-elect Eric Adams says he's vowing to keep New York City's vaccine mandate for private sector employees in place. The requirement, which was enacted by Mayor de Blasio and is the first of its kind in the nation, went into effect Monday during Mr. de Blasio's last week in office. We are going to keep that in place. We spoke with our business leaders today uh, to let them know we're going to keep that in place. I would love to get to the day when we won't have children wearing masks in schools, when we won't have uh, families uh, needing uh, to sit in a restaurant um, or visit other locations. Uh, with the vaccine cards, we're going to make those adjustments based on what the science tells us when we can uh, remove some of the mandates. And there may come a time, if a new variant comes, where we have to increase mandates. The mandate's timing at the tail end of de Blasio's tenure creating confusion among some business owners who were unsure whether to abide by the mandate or just wait until Adams took office and announced his own policy. Adams' silence on the matter had also fostered hope among some business owners that he planned to allow the mandate to elapse. But in the weeks since de Blasio announced the policy back on December 6th, the Omicron variant has rampaged through New York City and driven a sharp increase in coronavirus cases. Speaking of the outgoing mayor, Mayor de Blasio says the city will carry on with its New Year's Eve celebration in Times Square despite spiking COVID-19 cases. While spectators are not permitted or not permitted, I should say, at last year's celebration, the mayor's office announcing last week that the event would allow people coming to celebrate, but the amount of people allowed in is being scaled back drastically. Only 15,000 people will be permitted and visitors cannot enter until 3 p.m. We got to send a message to the world. Uh, New York City is open. Our schools are coming back Monday, full strength. And the way to deal with COVID uh, is not shutdowns. It's even more in terms of vaccination, doubling down on vaccination. Mr. Mayor, the private sector vaccine mandate started Monday. And that's what's one of the things that's going to see us through this moment. It comes as holiday celebrations have been canceled around the world amid a surge of COVID-19 infections. The British royal family canceling their annual Christmas gathering, excuse me, and Greece banning public Christmas and New Year's Eve celebrations. De Blasio says vaccinations combined with social distancing and masking requirements would make the event feasible. The head of the state's watchdog agency is urging State Attorney General Letitia James to enforce its order to claw back $5.1 million in book profits from disgraced ex-governor Andrew Cuomo. Jose Nieves, chairman of the Joint Commission on Public Ethics, sending a letter to the agency AG's general counsel, Larry Schimmel, claiming James can legally enforce Jacob's order 
for Cuomo to return the profits for his COVID memoir after violating an agreement not to use state resources, including government workers, to prepare it. Shamu previously rejected the order as illegal, saying the AG's office could not enforce such an order without the ethics agency first conducting a probe and submitting findings of wrongdoing against Cuomo under the public officer's law. Yevis says facts are clear as day that Cuomo violated the agreement and put the issue back in James Court. Jacob approving a resolution on December 14th, according to Cuomo, to return the proceeds from his book, American Crises, Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic, written while he was still governor and New York was in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak. Staten Island Republican Representative Nicole Maliotakis appearing on Fox News to say President Biden's Build Back Better bill is dead. She believes there are other Democrats in the Senate other than Joe Manchin who are uncomfortable with voting for the bill. People understand that um, when taxpayers pay taxes, they expect certain things in return. And there are obvious things like national security, uh, making sure we have a a strong defense, uh, making sure that we have money for quality education in our public school system, Medicare for our seniors, uh, and of course, infrastructure. We've got to modernize our nation and keep up with pace, and that brings GDP money and revenue in. Melitakis adding Democrats want to create unnecessary new programs and entitlements that the country just can't afford. She says Democrats will most likely try to push forward various pieces of their agenda. However, Republicans have been very good at stopping that. A fraud complaint from the SEC. The boss of a New York City taxi medallion lender secretly paid for favorable news stories about his struggling company in a bid to boost its stock price. Andrew Merstein, the 57-year-old president and chief op- Operating officer of Manhattan-based Medallion Financial Corp allegedly came up with the scheme as the rise of Uber and Lyft caused investors to sour on taxi-related stocks. The SEC says in a bid to change investors' minds, Merstein hashed a plan. The complaint says he would hire media strategists to write articles boosting his company without disclosing that they were being paid. The strategists then used fake names to place at least 50 articles about Medallion Financial on sites, including Seeking Alpha, The Street, HuffPost, and Crane's New York Business from 1914, uh, excuse me, from 2014 to 2017. The SEC seeking permanent injunctions and civil penalties against Medallion Financial, Merstein, and Lawrence Myers, a California PR pro who allegedly wrote some of the fraudulent posts. In addition, the SEC wants Merstein, who sits on the board of the Javits Center, to be barred from serving as an officer or director of any public company. WBC Time Check 527, time for traffic, and here's Brandy Scott. Well, it's still pretty quiet out there on the roads this early New Year's Eve morning over in New Jersey. No big delays on Route 4 and 46 heading over to the inbound George. Also a great ride on both the upper and lower decks. Looking good inbound at the Lincoln and Holland Tunnels. We do have some foggy conditions in the Hudson Valley. A speed restriction in place at the Tappan Zee Bridge. FDR moving well both up and down heading over to the 59th Street Bridge. Times Square Street closures in place for the big ball drop. You want to avoid Broadway. Alternate side and meter rules are suspended and mass transit subways are running on a Saturday schedule for the holiday. I'm Brandy Scott on Soccer Radio 77 WABC. Forecast in the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. 
Later today, patchy fog before 9 a.m., otherwise mostly cloudy with the high near 53. Tonight, New Year's Eve, cloudy with the low around 49 for the ball, dropped in a chance of rain early into New Year's Day. Right now, 48 degrees and cloudy with some drizzle outside the Midtown Manhattan studios. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver's marriage is officially over more than 10 years after the award-winning journalist petitioned to end her then 25-year marriage to the action star and former California governor. Court records show that a Los Angeles judge finalized the divorce on Tuesday. The pair have been married since 1986 when Shriver filed for divorce in 2011 after Schwarzenegger disclosed he had fathered a child with a member of their household staff years earlier. The Reverend set off a tabloid frenzy, but Schwarzenegger and Schreiber handled their divorce quietly and without lobbying, accus- uh, lobbying accusations in court or to the public. It's not clear why the process took so long. There were virtually no public actions taken in the case between the initial flurry of filings in 2011 and a resumption of court moves in June. Financial details of the settlement were kept confidential because the couple's four children together are now all adults, so there is no child support or custody arrangement. American actor, comedian, and screenwriter Rob Schneider joining Fox and Friends Thursday to share his appreciation for police after an officer came to the rescue last week when his car broke down in Arizona. It's just really good, hard-working Americans that uh, their job is to protect citizens uh, who don't listen to their wives like me, <laughs> get stuck on the side of the road. Wives know and best. I'm, I'm grateful to this guy, the LPD. <laughs> well, when asked about his thoughts on anti-police rhetoric sweeping the country, Schneider said that he believed much of the vitriol was unwarranted. The renowned Hollywood actor adding that all it takes is a wave saying thanks and asking police what programs they have that you can help with in an effort to show community support. Coming up now on 5.30, the early morning news continues on this New Year's Eve, 77 WEC, and your top stories next. Stay with us. A station built just for you. Entertaining talk, information, and New York opinions. That is 100% on target. The world famous and American original. Talk Radio 77 WABC and WABCRadio.com. The latest news, behind-the-scenes videos. Get it all now. Like 77 WABC on Facebook. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Entertaining and informative. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News Program on New Year's Eve. I'm Bob Brown. Here's your top five at 530. It's the top five at 530. Omicron continuing to sweep through New York City, which chalked up its second day of record infections Thursday with 44,000 residents testing positive. Social media buzzing after a Twitter user discovered a bizarre way to lower your U.S. tax bill with an area on forms that tells you to indicate any stolen goods. China's foreign minister says the U.S. will pay an unbearable price for its support of Taiwan. Just as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi pushed back on the idea that lawmakers should not be able to trade stocks while in office, her husband goes out and buys shares in big companies worth millions. One of AOC's staffers has taken to social media to refer to Israel as a racist European ethnostate. 
Omicron continues to sweep through New York City, which chalked its second day of record infections on Thursday with 44,000 residents testing positive. Statewide infections number also hitting new highs with 74,000 confirmed cases on a single day. The U.S. is outpacing the rest of the planet with a single day world record of just over 489,000 cases on Thursday, with officials saying a viral blizzard could jeopardize the operation of everyday life. And that's when I discovered that a large number of the people who we were admitting with COVID, they didn't come because of COVID. They didn't come because they had shortness of breath or cough. Some of them were in traumas. Some of them had exacerbations of diabetes or congestive heart failure. They came for that reason with symptoms consistent with those illnesses. But because we test everybody on the way in in order so that we can make sure that we keep people who are COVID positive separate from people who are COVID negative, we learned that they were positive. Despite the highly contagious but reportedly less lethal strain raging through the city, outgoing Mayor Bill de Blasio still refusing to cancel the Times Square New Year's Eve celebration tonight. Mayor-elect Eric Adams also doubling down on the New Year's celebration, announcing he will hold his swearing-in ceremony during the festivities after canceling his in-person inauguration that was set for Saturday. Social media was buzzing after a Twitter user discovered a bizarre way to lower your U.S. tax bill. The account at Liquidity posted a screenshot of an actual IRS form that shows you how you can indicate stolen goods on your tax form. They wrote, tax season is around the corner. Remember to report your income from illegal activities and stolen properties to the IRS. The IRS guidelines from their 2021 publication says if you steal property, you must report its fair market value in your income in the year you steal it unless you return it to its rightful owner in the same year. The rule dating back to a Supreme Court case in 1927 that decided the government is allowed to tax illegal income. If you remember history well, mobster Al Capone was convicted for tax evasion under that law. China's foreign minister warning the U.S. will pay an unbearable price for its support of Taiwan. In an interview with state media Thursday, Wang Yi accusing Washington of encouraging Taiwan independence forces in a way that not only puts Taiwan into an extremely dangerous situation, but also exposes the United States to an unbearable price. That's a quote. Taiwan has been a self-ruling nation since the defeated government of Chiang Kai-shek fled there after mainland China was taken over by Mao Zedong's communists in 1949. Beijing considers the island part of its territory and has called for reunification. The United States does not have formal diplomatic relations with Taiwan and acknowledges, but does not recognize the claim that Taiwan is part of China. And just as House Speaker Nancy Pelosi pushed back on the idea that lawmakers should not be able to make individual stock trades while in office, her husband Paul bought shares in Google's parent company Alphabet, Disney and Salesforce worth millions. This is a free market and people we have a free market economy that should be able to participate in that. Two days later, he bought stock in Alphabet worth between a half million and a million dollars. He also bought shares in Disney worth between 100000 and 
$250,000. WABC Time Check 537. Brandy Scott standing by with a look at traffic. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Bob. We've got the New Year's Eve closures in place for the Times Square ball drop. 7th Avenue and Broadway out between 42nd and 49th. 43rd to 48th also closed between 6th and 8th Avenues. Right now looking pretty good on the LIE westbound. No issues heading over to the BQE from La Crosse Island. You've got a great ride heading across the East River at both the Throgs Neck and Whitestone Bridges heading into Queens. No big delays on the FDR Drive northbound approaching the Triborough Bridge. Doing fine there from the Battery Tunnel on up. Still in great shape heading inbound across the Hudson River at the George Lincoln and Holland. Mass Transit, New Jersey Transit, Metro North, and LIRR. They're going to be providing some extra service this afternoon for the holiday. Alternate side and meter rules are suspended. I'm Brandy Scott on Talk Radio 77 WABC. Forecast in the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center later today, patchy fog before 9 a.m., otherwise mostly cloudy with a high near 53. Tonight, New Year's Eve, cloudy with a low about 49 for the ball drop, then a chance of rain early into New Year's Day. Right now, 48 degrees and cloudy outside the Midtown Manhattan studios. We also have some drizzle. Education Secretary Miguel Cardona is calling on schools to maintain in-person learning as millions of U.S. school children prepare to return to classes after holiday breaks amid the spread of the Omicron variant. Cardona says students should be in the classroom every day when possible, as some schools send students home early before Christmas amid the spike of COVID infections. Some schools have announced temporary returns to virtual learning amid the outbreak. Many are hurrying to implement new testing policies. If you are fully staffed to provide a safe school environment, students should be in the classroom full-time every day. Uh, We've done this before, and we did it before vaccines were available. If you recall, we reopened schools this year right at the height of the Delta variant. Uh, We know what works. We know mitigation strategies work. Now we have access to vaccines for children as young as five. We know what to do, and let's remember our students suffer when they're not in the classroom. A number of school systems are rushing to impose new COVID testing requirements as they prepare for students to return from holiday breaks. Washington, D.C. extending its winter break by two days to allow for a distribution of tests. And Mayor Muriel Bowser announcing that students must test negative before returning to school. New York and California are among the states sending millions of rapid test kits to schools amid a nationwide shortage. A new poll from the University of Massachusetts at Amherst says nearly three-quarters of Republicans doubt that President Biden's 2020 electoral victory was legitimate. 71% of GOP respondents said they don't believe that Biden was rightfully elected to the White House, echoing former President Trump's baseless claim that he was the actual winner of last year's election. The poll shows 25% of Republicans said Biden's win was probably not legitimate, while 46% it was definitely not legitimate. Only 6% of Republicans said that Biden is definitely the rightful winner, while another 15% said he probably is. Most Americans, 58%, believe that Biden's election was legitimate. That includes 91% of Democrats and 54% of independents. Hillary Clinton warning the Democratic Party it needs to be clear-eyed about what wins elections, a warning that its progressive wing right risks handing midterm victories to the Republican Party. The former presidential candidate telling MSNBC's Willie Geist that Democrats needed candidates who could win in purple states if it was to have a Congress that will, quote, get things done. 
Um, I, I think that it, it is um, a time for uh, some, you know, careful thinking about what wins elections and not just in deep blue districts where uh, a Democrat and a liberal Democrat or so-called progressive Democrat is going to win. First of all, we don't know what the state of the map is going to be after all of the redistricting. It appears as though the Republicans in a number of states are doing their best to eliminate uh, as many seats that Democrats can be uh, competitive in. Her words came soon after the party's defeat in Virginia's gubernatorial election and as the party prepares for a backlash against President Biden in next year's midterms. She said she was in favor of a vigorous debate about how to move forward. Her comments put her at odds with the progressive wing of her own party, which has at times opposed President Biden. Former President Donald Trump sharing a scathing highlight reel of Biden administration policy shortcomings to mark the end of the year on Wednesday night. He accused President Biden of waging war on parents, war on family, war on faith and war on American values and war on the American way of life and taking orders from progressive squad members, Representatives Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and Ilan Omar in a lengthy newsletter-like statement. Trump's statement beginning, One year Biden has caused a border crisis, an energy crisis, an inflation crisis, labor crisis, a a supply chain crisis, a violent crime crisis, all while pushing the most radical left-wing agenda in history, unquote. It follows a similar statement Trump issued on Tuesday night outlining Biden's COVID-19 policy shortcomings. The former president listed off a range of popular anti-Biden cudgels from the last 12 months, blaming his Democratic rival for 40-year high inflation, the surge of migrants at the southern border, troubling recent crime data, and the battle over critical race theory in schools, among other issues. A former major, a former army major general says American service members will likely be in a worse financial situation next year because of soaring inflation, despite President Biden authorizing a Pentagon-wide press increase earlier this year. John Ferrari, now a senior fellow at the American Enterprise Institute, telling Fox that for troops at the lowest part of the pay scale, the cost of gas and food may drive some deeper into debt or they may rely more on food banks. On Monday, Biden signed the National Defense Authorization Act, an annual must-pass piece of legislation that sets the next year's Pentagon budget. This year's spending bill included 2.7% pay increase across both military and civilian defense department employees. But Ferrari feared it may not negate the rising prices at the pump and the grocery store. Earlier this month, the Labor Department released data that inflation had risen 6.8% in November from the year uh, from the year prior, that is, a 40-year record high. Military officials Thursday said that the United States naval vessels seized 849 pounds of heroin in the Arabian Sea worth some $4 million in a major bust by the International Maritime Operation in the region. The USS Tempest and the USS Typhoon seizing the drugs hidden aboard a stateless fishing vessel plying Mideast waters, the International Task Force said in a statement, the seizure taking place on Monday. The Navy said the fishing vessel likely came from Iran. All nine crew members identified themselves as Iranian nationals, according to Commander Tiffany, uh, Tiffany, uh, Commander. 
Timothy Hawkins, a spokesperson for the U.S. Navy's Mideast-based Fifth Fleet. He did not elaborate on who manufactured the drugs or their ultimate destination. WABC time check, 545. That means it's time for our second look at sports. Here's Mike Garcia. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bob. Are you going to watch the ball drop today? I don't know. I'm not sure if I'll be up for that. Chances are I will. Are you? Uh, probably not. It's, it's one of those moments where, you know what, we've seen it and we know what it is. Yeah, so. but, but to say you've seen it for <laughs> 2021 coming to a close. Come on now. That's, that's true. I saw a meme the other day where it says 2022. <laughs> 2020. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Good morning, everyone. It's your friendly neighborhood, Mike Garcia, here with your early news sports update. The time for the new year may have to wait to be celebrated as the Brooklyn Nets lost against the 76ers last night, 110-102. to The Nets clearly had no answer for 76ers center Joel Embiid, scoring 34 points. After the game was done, there was a bit of a little bit of a controversy, a little bit of a verbal sparring where Embiid was telling Kevin Durant, go home, go home. Let's see if they can rebound against the LA Clippers tomorrow night. Maybe the Knicks can have their New Year's moment as they battle against the Oklahoma City Thunder tonight. Sad news, however, Knicks power, Knicks power forward Julius Randle tested positive for COVID. So let's see what happens. Like Bernie said, what will happen? <laughs> Over to the NHL, the Islanders dominated the Sabres, beating them 4-1. to Let's keep that momentum going when they face the Oilers tomorrow at 2. Speaking of Oilers, they will face the Devils today at 1, while the Rangers battle against the, Dam- the Tampa Bay Lightning tonight at 7. And finally for Sunday, two 1 o'clock games are going down. The Giants will take on the Chicago Bears, while the Jets faces against the GOAT, Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Bucks. And as I said yesterday, I'm taking the 13-point spread. That's your early news sports update. Wishing all of you a happy new year. And I'm Mike Garcia on 77 WABC. Spectacular! (laughs) Happy new year to you, Mike, as well. Happy new year indeed. WABC time check coming up on 547. That means it's time for traffic and Brandy Scott. Good morning, Brandy. Good morning, Bob. Still a great ride on the LIE. You've got no big delays in either direction heading over to the Grand Central. Inbound Gowanus just a little bit slow approaching the prospect. Once you're on the BQE, you're looking good heading over to the Brooklyn Bridge. No big issues heading inbound at the Verrazano on both the upper and lower decks. Still a great ride inbound across the Hudson River at the George Lincoln and Holland. New Year's Eve closures are in place for the Times Square ball drop. 7th Avenue and Broadway shut down between 42nd and 49th. 43rd to 48th also closed between 6th and 8th Avenues. Mass Transit, New Jersey Transit, Metro North, and LIRR, they're all going to be providing extra service this afternoon. Subways are running on a Saturday schedule. Alternate sides suspended. Meter rules also suspended for the holiday. I'm Brandy Scott on Sock Radio 77 WABC. Your forecast in the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center later today, patchy fog before 9 a.m., otherwise mostly cloudy with the high near 53. Tonight, New Year's Eve, cloudy with a low about 49 for the ball drop, then a chance of rain early into New Year's Day. Right now, 48 degrees cloudy with some drizzle outside the Midtown Manhattan studios. Here's your business report. Stocks giving up their morning gains on Thursday, selling off into the close to snap a six-day winning streak for the Dow. The S&P 500 and Dow had earlier set intraday records Thursday, adding to their all-time high closes from Wednesday. The Dow Jones Industrial Average pulling back from its morning highs by midday Thursday after setting an intraday record high of 36,679.44. The index closing down. 
91 points or almost 0.3% after having been up 190 points at its highest. The Dow's record high close on Wednesday was its first since November 8th. The S&P 500 index also setting a record intraday high Thursday morning before slipping to close down 0.3%. The Nasdaq Composite likewise give up a gain to finish 0.2% lower, less than 2% below an all-time high set last month. Processing unwanted Christmas returns has become so expensive for online retailers, they're increasingly likely to let customers keep the item and offer a refund. According to returns processor Opturo, returning a $50 item costs an average of $33, up 59% from 2020 when it cost about $13.53 to do so. That has led to an increase in the number of retailers telling shoppers to keep an unwanted gift rather than return it because the processing cost wipes out any profit they'll have made. Uptoro's CEO, Tobin Moore, claiming supply chain issues and worker shortages are to blame for the rocketing prices of handling returns. According to CBRE Supply Chain, about 3 in 10 online purchases get returned. Many big retailers already analyze shoppers they suspect of gaming the system by making too many returns or buying goods in the hopes of getting to keep them and receive a refund. Experts warn, though, attempting to exploit the strange system could result in people being banned from shopping with certain retailers. The world's 10 richest people adding $402 billion to their collective net worth this year, making it a banner year for the ultra-wealthy. According to the Bloomberg Billionaires Index, as the year comes to an end, Tesla CEO Elon Musk was the biggest winner, adding $121 billion to his fortune, which is now the largest in the world at $277 billion. Amazon founder Jeff Bezos, who started the year in the top spot, sank to number two, adding a mere $4.54 billion to his net worth, which now stands at $195 billion. After Musk, French billionaire Bernard Arnault, the founder of luxury goods company LVMH, and currently the third richest man in the world, had the largest gains for the year, adding $61.3 billion to his fortune. Mayor-elect Eric Adams says he is vowing to keep New York City's vaccine mandate for private sector employees in place. The requirement, which was enacted by Mayor de Blasio and is the first of its kind in the nation, went into effect Monday during Mr. de Blasio's last week in office. We are going to keep that in place. We spoke with our business leaders today uh, to let them know we're going to keep that in place. I would love to get to the day when we won't have children wearing masks in schools when we won't have uh, families uh, needing uh, to sit in a restaurant um, or visit other locations uh, with the vaccine cards. We're going to make those adjustments based on what the science tells us when we can uh, remove some of the mandates. And there may come a time, if a new variant comes, where we have to increase mandates. The mandate's timing at the tail end of the Blasio's tenure creating some confusion among some business owners who weren't sure whether to abide by the mandate or just wait until Mr. Adams took office and announced his own policy. Adams' silence on the matter has also forested hopes among some business owners that he planned to allow the mandate to lapse. But in the weeks since de Blasio announced the policy on December 6th, the Omicron variant has rampaged through New York City and driven a sharp increase in coronavirus cases. Speaking of the outgoing mayor, 
He says the city will carry on with its New Year's Eve celebration in Times Square despite spiking COVID-19 cases. While spectators are not, were not permitted at last year's celebration, the mayor's office announcing last week that the event would allow attendees but be scaled back. We're only talking about 15,000 people permitted and visitors cannot enter until 3 o'clock this afternoon. We got to send a message to the world. Uh, New York City's open. Uh, our schools are coming back Monday. Right. Full strength. And the way to deal with COVID uh, is not shutdowns. It's even more in terms of vaccination, doubling down on vaccination. Mr. Mayor, Our private sector vaccine mandate started Monday, and that's what's one of the things that's going to see us through this moment. It all comes as holiday celebrations have been canceled worldwide amid a surge in COVID-19 infections. The British royal family canceling their annual Christmas gathering and Greece banning public Christmas and New Year's Eve celebrations. The mayor says vaccinations combined with social distancing and masking requirements would make the event feasible. The head of the state's watchdog agency is urging State Attorney General Letitia James to enforce its order to claw back $5.1 million in book profits from disgraced ex-governor Andrew Cuomo. Jose Nieves, chairman of the Joint Commission on Public Ethics, sending a letter to the AG's general counsel, Larry Schimmel, claiming James can legally enforce Jacob's order for Cuomo to return the profits for his COVID memoir after violating an agreement not to use state resources, including government workers, to prepare it. Schimmel previously rejected Jacob's order as illegal, saying the AG's office could not enforce such an order without the ethics agency first conducting a probe and submitting findings of wrongdoing against Cuomo under the public officer's law. Nieves says facts are clear as day that Cuomo violated the agreement and put the issue back in James's court. Jacob approved a resolution on December 14th ordering Cuomo to return the proceeds from his book, American Crisis, Leadership Lessons from the COVID-19 Pandemic, written while he was still governor and New York was in the midst of the coronavirus outbreak. New York Republican Representative Nicole Maliotakis went on Fox News to say that President Biden's Build Back Better bill is dead. She believes there are other Democrats in the Senate other than Joe Manchin who are uncomfortable with voting for the bill. People understand that um, when taxpayers pay taxes, they expect certain things in return. And there are obvious things like national security, uh, making sure we have a a strong defense, uh, making sure that we have money for quality education in our public school system, Medicare for our seniors, uh, and of course infrastructure. We've got to modernize our nation and keep up with pace, and that brings GDP money and revenue in. The Staten Island Republican adding Democrats want to create unnecessary new programs and entitlements that the country just can't afford. She says that Democrats will most likely try to push forward various pieces of their agenda, but that Republicans have been very good at stopping that. A fraud complaint from the SEC, the boss of a New York City taxi medallion lender, secretly paid for favorable news stories about a struggling company and a bid to boost its stock price. Andrew Merstein, the 57-year-old president and chief operating officer of, of Manhattan-based Medallion Financial Corp., allegedly came, allegedly, I should say, came up with the scheme as the rise of Uber and Lyft caused investors to sour on taxi-related stocks. 
The SEC says in a bid to change investors' minds, Merstein hatched a plan. The complaint says he would hire media strategists to write articles boosting, uh, boasting about his company without disclosing that they were being paid. The strategists then used fake names to place at least 50 articles about Medallion Financial on sites, including Seeking Alpha, The Street, HuffPost, and Crane's New York business from 2014 to 2017. The SEC is seeking permanent injunctions and civil penalties against Medallion Financial, Merstein, and Lawrence Myers, a California PR pro who allegedly wrote some of the fraudulent posts. In addition, the SEC wants Merstein, who sits on the board of the Javits Center, to be barred from serving as an officer or director of any public company. WABC time check 557, our final look at traffic this morning, Brandy Scott. Well, we're not a lot going on right now out there on the roads. We do have a speed restriction in place at the Tappan Zee Bridge because of the foggy conditions. You're down to 45 miles an hour on the span. Still on the Springbrook southbound by East Main Street in Greenberg. It's off to the right shoulder, not causing an issue. Great ride on the Cross Bronx if you're heading over to the outbound George. Up to speed there from the Bruckner through to underneath the apartments. Looking good heading across the East River using the Manhattan leg of the Triborough Bridge. Times Square, the street closures in place for the ball drop. You want to avoid Broadway and 7th Avenue. Alternate side and meter rules are suspended for the holiday. Mass transit subways are running on a Saturday schedule. I'm Brandy Scott on Sock Radio 77 WABC. Happy New Year, Brandy. Thanks. Forecasting the Ramsey Mazda Weather Center. Later today, patchy fog before 9 a.m. Otherwise, mostly cloudy with a high near 53. Tonight, New Year's Eve, cloudy with a low about 49 for the ball drop and a chance of rain early into New Year's Day. Right now, we have 48 degrees outside the Midtown Manhattan studios under cloudy skies with some drizzle. A reminder to stay tuned to Russ Salzberg and Curtis Lewar. They're standing by coming up next in for Bernie and Sid in the morning on 77 WABC. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver's marriage is officially over more than 10 years after the award-winning journalist petitioned to end her then 25-year marriage to the action star and former California governor. Court records show that a Los Angeles judge finalized the divorce on Tuesday. The pair had been married since 1986 when Shriver filed for divorce in 2011 after Schwarzenegger disclosed he had fathered a child with a member of their household staff years earlier. The revelation setting off a tabloid frenzy. However, Schwarzenegger and Shriver handled the divorce quietly and without lobbying accusations in court or in public. It's not clear why the process took so long. There were virtually no public actions taken in the case between the initial flurry of filings in 2011 and a resumption of court moves in June. Financial details of the settlement were kept confidential because the couple's four children together are now all adults and there is no child support or custody arrangement. That will do it for the early morning news on this New Year's Eve day. Happy New Year to everyone tonight. Be safe. Enjoy the day.